Hello, it's Cameron Jernigan. And Cameron Paul. And we're welcoming you back to our third episode of The Donley Diaries. Diaries. So, this week was a little bit different than what I had anticipated with this class. This week we talked a lot about equations, and then we worked with a computer system called CoLab that I had never seen before. Um, It was definitely a week that I learned a lot. Um, It was less conceptual than I had anticipated this week being, but it was also really good. Because I had talked about earlier in the last podcast, wanting to learn a little bit more about all these different equations and how they can be used and what the application is of them. And we definitely got um, our hands dirty with that this week. We got to see how we could use all these different equations to calculate different currents or different voltage potentials. So I thought that was really neat. Um, It kind of answered my question of wanting to see how these equations work and what they can apply to. Colab was a little bit difficult for me to pick up just because I've always had some issues with computer stuff. But I do think it's really neat that Colab gives us the ability to like look at what is going on in a neuron and manipulate different features of it and see what kind of results that has on our neuron. Um, I think that's something that I didn't anticipate being able to do so hands-on. And as somebody who like kind of learns from practice, I thought it was like, I don't know about you, but I thought it was like mm-hmm. really cool getting able to like use and manipulate different features of just like a neuron theoretically to see different effects it has on the way it can pass current. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. I thought it was... I thought the entire concept was really cool. That somehow, like, using software, we're, like, able to make this, you know, like, neuron. Yeah. On on the computer and see see how it's going to function and, like, show us, really, what this actually looks like in practice. I mean, because we can't, you know, like... Like you said, I like to be hands-on too, but if we had, for instance, a neuron in our hands, like, we would never be able to see these things. Like, we wouldn't, like, see the ion flows and things like that and, like, how action potentials are occurring. So it's it's really cool that we're able to to use CoLab in order to do these things. Yeah, for sure. And be able to just manipulate just different gates and things like that I thought was really cool it helped me learn more about like the different channels I think and understand like what effects those different channels like those leak channels or those voltage gated channels are having on our neuron and the membrane um and then like the charge separation between them yeah it would I like that we're able to put in all of the channels into it like we can put in like all of the sodium and potassium channels into our neuron and then change the current injection and like the time also in order and like then when the injection stops how long it is all this stuff um and then we're able to graph it and like we see these like like we see the action potentials happening like we actually get to see them occurring and like i, I don't know that's it's just really cool yeah i i also liked that just like we talked about more about the hodgkin huxley model and I thought it was neat just getting to view... It's just another way that you view the neuron as, a, as like, a circuit and, like, mm-hmm. reinforcing that idea. So, I don't know. An interesting Which, week, but we definitely learned some stuff. Yeah, we definitely did. And, I mean, it's still physics, which isn't my favorite, <laughs> and circuits will will never be my favorite, just because I think, I, for me, it's that's difficult. Yeah, like just that's the, fair. Like the the whole idea of circuitry is is difficult. Like resistance capacitors and like the current and all, all of that. Um, it's just hard for me to to wrap my brain around and make sure that 
you know, all my, with checks and balances, mm-hmm. making sure that everything adds up and, and nothing's being lost. Definitely. Well, that's kind of what we worked on this week in class and learned about this week. So we'll go ahead and transition to our second part, which is going to be our learning goals. Okay, we want to transition now into our time where we relate this information and, and draw on some some outside sources to make sure that we include our learning goals and, and how this is. We're tailoring this information to what we specifically want to learn and what we want to gain from taking this class and how we're going to use this in our specific field. So, Jern, what... What did you see that you thought related to your learning goals? Yeah, like Cameron said, so this is a time where we, where ideally we'd like to pull information from the presentations about our learning goals. But since we kind of already went over this entire lecture that we used during the collab assignment, and the collab assignment didn't necessarily present any new information that we didn't already know, um, we thought this was also a good time to go ahead and pull outside information in to answer some of our learning goals and address some of the questions we asked that so far we haven't touched on yet. Yeah. Um, just to kind of get a full, more complete answer to some of those questions. So the learning goal that I felt like has been discussed the least so far in class that I think would be pretty strategic and good to go ahead and tackle right now with some outside information is to, um, I have this goal of wanting to explain the f- uh, factors and processes that are present within the human body that help to drive different concepts such as emotion, behavior, and personality. So... That being said, I know from my AMP class that the area of the brain that is called the limbic system, that is an area of your brain that's involved in a lot of emotion. And like more specifically, I know that the amygdala serves a pretty big role in emotion and emotional response. So, and I also know, and I assume that like in fear conditioning, we talked about the amygdala having like a, a response in fear as well. Right. So I know yeah. that we have these like regions in our brain that are more responsible for having some kind of response to emotion or personality. But I guess my big question that is still kind of up in the air and that I'm hoping to answer in the coming weeks is how are these regions like receiving stimulus mm-hmm. or like how are they sensing the environment and then like creating an emotional response to that said stimulus environment? Mm-hmm. Like what what makes me look at like a really pretty painting and then have like like see that painting, get that sensory information visually, then like go all the way through my CNS to my brain and like have an emotional response to that painting. So that's something that we haven't quite touched on yet. Um, but I figured I'd wait right now and not pull in a ton of outside stuff and like see if that's something we touch on later in class. Oh yeah. It was just kind of like the emotion, like what's driving that emotional response, like biologically and molecularly, I guess. Yeah, like what is it about, like sensory information? Because, I mean, whenever I look at a piece of paper, I'm not going to have an emotional response to that. But, I mean, like you said, looking at a painting or or watching a movie or reading something, that can evoke an emotional emotional response. So what is it about that, and how does it work to where it's triggering certain regions in our brain? Like, what's going to make it, like, instead of just going to, like, the visual-spatial region in our brain, like, what's going to make it activate the, the limbic system and, and bring out that emotional response. For sure. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, based on what we talked about, fear conditioning, I would assume that, like, these emotional responses aren't always innate from the get-go, and a lot of it's probably conditioning. So I guess my big <coughs> question is, like, how are we taking part in this conditioning naturally that is making us have such emotional responses? And I, 
I would assume that we're messing with like different pathways or different neurotransmitters or different synapses or neurons that are like having these responses in these regions of our brain. But anyways, that's my learning goal that I wanted to put a little bit outside information from what I knew from class, uh, other classes into. Um, Cameron, what's the learning goal you kind of dug about this week? Well, I, my last one, which I don't, I don't think I've, we haven't really hit on it, uh, has to do with neuroplasticity and the brain's ability to like rewire, um, and make sure that it's functioning efficiently. So whenever I think about what we've been talking about, like with current injections and like how ions are flowing and how that's causing information to be sent, I wonder, because we think so clinical, what happens in the case of an injury? Mm. Like if if that were to be cut or something were to be damaged, like how like the would... Neuron? Yeah, the neuron. How how would the brain respond? Because I know that it can, because we see so many instances of people like that have some form of brain injury, and they're able to regain some function. Right. So, uh, like, is there, like, regrowth there? Like what's Yeah, like, like, what's causing that? Is is it, yeah, is there regrowth, which we, we've always been taught, like, there there is no, like... You can't <clears> make <throat> more You can't neurons. regrow neurons. Um at least in the brain. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I wonder is like, do these ions have something to do with it? Is like, do they just transition to a different part of the brain? And like, how does that brain adopt the role? Because like, kind of like what we were just talking about, how, how did those, how does that information that's coming in know what region of the brain to activate? Mm-hmm. And so then it's just like, you know, another wrench is thrown into it whenever it's like, oh, well, you know, this region of the brain that I'm supposed to go to now is damaged. Right. So where where is this signal going to go now, and how is it going to be responded to? All right, so now we're going to move into our section of something that was challenging or hard to understand from this week. And for me, just the whole idea of collab was so difficult for me. Like, I'm just really bad at, like, working with computers, using computers, and I always have been. Biostatistics using program R was so hard for me. Oh, so for doing collab, Cameron was like my king, my hero, <laughs> the conqueror of collab for me, and he was doing most of it and walking me through it. I'm still really confused by collab. I still do not really know what's going on and do not really understand what file I need to import and how and why. But I understand the implications of it, and I. I understood, like, the theoretically what was happening, but I was pressing all the buttons. I just couldn't figure out how to make it work for myself. I also don't think it helps that my computer is, like, a 2009 MacBook. But that being said, something that was hard for me, the computer operating system of CoLab, definitely up there. That's one of the harder things we've done so far for me. Cameron, what about you? Well, I mean, obviously, since that that was the part that I understood, yeah. and you were you were more understanding, like, the application of it, so... Make a good team. Yeah, it was it was good that we were actually like it was it was nice that it didn't work out that way that like the computer portion of it I wasn't too worried about like mm-hmm. it, it made sense but at the same time I was like reading like the the ion flow like the current injection things like that and I'm reading and I'm like okay that makes sense but I it wasn't making complete sense as to how it all fit together which in your brain it's like oh. Well, it's doing this, this, and this. And then it's like, oh, well, that makes so much more sense now that you explain it. So, 
that was the challenging part for me was being able to piece it all together. Um, well, I'm glad you know how to work the computer so I can <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up our episode. Sorry, it's a little bit shorter, I guess, just with collab and everything. Yeah, collab. Not as much to talk about. But thank you so much for listening. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Thank you.